The RBA has increased rates yet again, and we are seeing that economists don't really think that prices are going to come down. In fact, they're predicting that next year we have prices much higher than this. This also adds to further pressure on the rental crisis. So in this video, I want to share with you a very non-biased opinion around what's actually going to happen with real estate prices over the next 24 months and how we can prepare for this. Because as the rates have increased, it means less people can actually borrow. So if you're someone that goes, well, I actually want to buy assets and you can't, let's look at a few things that we can do to prepare ourselves when inevitably rates do cut. If you're interested in what my thoughts are, then definitely keep watching. Hey guys, my name's Ravi and welcome back to Personal Finance with Ravi Sharma. If you're new here, smash that subscribe button because I talk about real estate, cryptocurrency and financial freedom. Now let's jump straight into what economists are predicting right now, which I guess goes against the grain where we had a lot of these economists also suggesting that prices were going to drop by 20 or 30%. And when you add to that what the banks were predicting only like 12 months ago about a massive correction in the real estate prices, you probably have to zoom out and say, okay, I'm going to take this with a grain of salt. I'm going to understand where my risk profile actually sits and then accordingly, I can make some moves. Economists tip property prices to rise by 7% in 2024. Now to put that into context, if you're looking at a house in Sydney, that's a million dollars, a 7% increase is $70,000. And on a 500K property, say something in Brisbane, then you're looking at an increase of $35,000, which again, are phenomenal numbers. When you look at the long-term averages, yes, you're probably getting out to about five to 7%. And we get told property doubles every 10 years. I don't think that really plays a part anymore, given how much higher the property prices are relative to our incomes. A quicker than expected housing recovery triggered by relatively low supply of listings and the resurgence of buyers could propel home prices as much as 7% higher nationally through the 2024 financial year, according to a panel of economists and analysts. Now, the truth is I don't actually sit on this panel because I'm a YouTuber, so no one's gonna take me seriously, but here are my thoughts anyway. I think 7% nationally is quite conservative if certain things play out. Now we have this looming recession that could play out in the US and indicators are starting to flash that yes, we are really close to a recession actually playing out. The question is not a matter of if the recession is happening, it's a matter of when the recession happens and how it actually affects you. Because the truth is we had the markets top out two years before the real estate market actually bottomed out when it was the GFC. And that was just in relation to the US. Australia didn't even really feel the pinch when it came to Australian property prices. When you look at the correction that actually came in Australian real estate prices around the time that APRA intervened with lending restrictions, you actually saw a more significant downturn during that period than you did in the GFC. So to address the whole concern around a recession, the question you've got to ask is, okay, there might be a recession, there probably will be, but how does this actually affect me? Because imagine if you sit there on the sidelines and say, okay, I could buy a house to live in or to go and invest in, and let's say it is $500,000. So you wait 12 months, and mind you, these numbers of 7% nationally is an average. You'll still have other areas that grow by 10 or 15%. So let's go 10% because you might've done your research or you've outsourced that to a buyer's agent. So you go out there and say, okay, I'm gonna buy this property for 500K and in 12 months time, it's probably gone up by 10%. So that's about $50,000. Now, did the recession happen? Maybe not. And are you prepared for what that situation looks like? So if you bought for 500K and let's say it goes up for half the year and then down half the year, because again, we've had this recession or fear of a downturn and you sort of broke even, but you've secured the good real estate. And we know based on a couple of 
stats I'm about to share with you that there's no incoming supply or very little compared to the demand. So you're probably going to see at worst your cash flow actually increase because the rents will increase. So that's in the scenario that you actually buy. What if you're a nervous buyer and say, okay, I don't want to take the risk. I'm going to wait 12 months. So you wait 12 months, that 500k property is now worth 550. The fear of a recession has now just gone away because nobody really wants to talk about it. And if they do, you probably already had the RBA start cutting rates at this point because they can see that yes, we have a slowdown in the economy. So at that point, your cash flow is in a better position. The property has gone up by $50,000. And now you're having to buy with everyone else because why? You purely wanted to get confirmation on the fact that there won't be this recession. So when you're getting scared, you often got to do the opposite. And it's so hard to do, but it's human psychology. Now I'm not coming out of here and saying, yes, you should definitely go buy or you should definitely go and sell your property. I'm just suggesting that you become more self-aware and understand that you can only control what you can control. Everything else is a reaction. So if you can be proactive, have some plans, have the emergency funds, then you got to understand, well, what's my downside risk and what's my upside risk? And once you've figured that out, it's actually a pretty easy game. It smooths out the volatility and that's how you can stay in this game of real estate for a really long time. Yes, you've got to buy well, but you've also got to be able to hold well. And people discount this because we live in a society where instant gratification is everything. I like my house today, but hey, I want a better house in six months. Oh, but I've got this really good house six months later, but someone else has a better house. And people fall into this trap and I've seen it time and time again. Forget about what Ravi wants to do. Forget about what everyone else wants to do. If your goals are to make an extra $60,000 and retire on that, man, go for it. But you don't have to go, hey, I need to change my plans because I saw someone on Instagram was like, hey, if you make less than 100K, you're poor. It's a load of shit. Now, when we start looking at actual data that's come out, we've got this from PropTrack, which came out on the 1st of November. Prices in Sydney, Brisbane, Adelaide, Perth, and regional Australia hit new peaks with spring selling season in full swing. So we got told that there was going to be more listings in spring. We had mortgage distress selling coming because the mortgage cliff was here. Yet we've now seen prices in Sydney, Brisbane, Adelaide, Perth, regional Australia all hit new highs. And you can see in this table here that it's actually quite phenomenal, the recovery and the pace of this recovery. When you get to capital cities, the annual growth averaged out is 5.55%. But if you look up at Perth, it's 10.9%. And when you look at pricing nationally, it's at a peak now at 824,000. When you look at regional Australia, they're at a peak now at 618,000. And you, when you look at it from peak fear being March 2020, if you bought, congratulations, because your capital city appreciation on average was 31.2% and regional areas was 49.3%. Now this is on leverage return. So you may have gone out and bought a property for say $300,000. You may have only put in, the rest was funded by the bank. So your $30,000 got you an asset to control at $300,000. And if they went up by 50%, they've gone up by $150,000. So you effectively use your $30,000 to make 150. Now it can go the opposite way when you make losses as well. So that's where leverage can work in your favor if you've done well, but if you don't do so well, it can pretty much screw you over. Which is why I produce so much content on the channel because I know every Australian loves property, but the problem is they make the wrong decisions by the dud properties and that's when they get screwed over because leverage goes the other way too. And yes, you could say, well, uh, you know what? If I hold long enough, I'll get out of this mess. I'll probably get to break even or make a profit. Yeah, it's true. But if you're in the game of trying to acquire wealth and build your wealth fast so that you actually have more choice in your 30s and 40s, then you've got to do this really, really well. Now to put into context, this whole idea of a lack of supply, no one's building, the rates going higher doesn't actually help. Now I actually posted something in my free Instagram group. You should definitely go join there where I share my thoughts about markets. And what I said in that group was this is actually the death of the middle class. The wealth of transfer is actually already playing out. It's not something that you sort of go, oh, it's coming. No, no, it's in full swing and it's in full swing as of 2020. So when you think about it, you've had all this money come into the system. You've
you go, interest rates are gonna help me because property prices will fall. Yet they didn't fall. In fact, the people that held the property are now getting richer because the properties went up in price. And with those rates increasing, sure it's affecting your mortgage repayments, but your rents have also increased in that time. So when we do start stabilizing on interest rates and it might be in 12 months, it might be in 18 months, you'll see that those people then have a further cash flow advantage. And the rates going up is only really hurting the people that have lower incomes. Because as those rates go up, you might be in a position where you now can't borrow and you could have borrowed say 12 months ago. And that's the flip side to this. Yes, I expect that interest rates will be lower from the start of 2023 down in 2024. I truly believe that interest rates will be lower at the end of 2024 than at the start of 2024. However, if they don't actually cut and they happen to go the other way, you might be in a position where you can borrow today, but you can't borrow in six months. And that again is something that you need to consider as part of your overall thinking and thought process. I've got a tweet here, which is ABS building approval numbers are ugly. Down by just over 20% year on year, last month, just over 13,000 dwellings were approved. These approval numbers are putting us on track to complete about 135,000 dwellings for 2025. Run rate required is 240,000 dwellings a year, each year to hit the federal government's target of 1.2 million completed dwellings over the next five years. At this rate, the target is very unlikely to be achieved. I can tell you now, it's not gonna be achieved. I said it when they came out and said, yeah, we're gonna build 1.2 million properties. No, you're not, you're not gonna do shit. And when you look at this graph, all you can see is a complete downturn ever since that artificial money came into the system and you see builders and construction companies go bust every single week. So if you've got building companies going bust because they can't manage the cash flow, it's just not worthwhile them actually completing a build. And then you've got people that actually have approval but they can't complete because interest rates went up too high, cost of living pressures mean they can't build a house. You have a shrinking amount of incoming supply. Now that wouldn't be okay, but our government also introduced a lot of migration, right? Record levels of migration. So if you have all of these people come through, you have not enough properties to rent, not enough properties to buy, prices will only do one thing. And mind you, that doesn't take into account that if there's a recession in the US and it doesn't hit us for another three to four years and the true effects of it, well then you're missing out on two to three years worth of gains that you could get into the market, solidify it, be in a better position for when we do see a downturn, your best position to then move and acquire assets. That's the whole game of actually acquiring assets. It's like the game of Monopoly. How do you keep buying, keep buying, and then hit your numbers to then deleverage yourself, pay off all your debt and live financially free on your own terms. There's no housing crash just to slow down after rates rise, economists suggest. The RBA's 13th cash rate increase this cycle will dent the pace of price growth, but not trigger a decline in housing prices in a vastly undersupplied market, economists said. So yes, while everyone is complaining, and I get it, it hurts my own cash flow as well, interest rates going high. But if you take a step back and say, I'm gonna take the contrarian view here, I'm gonna look at things in a more positive light and say, well, if interest rates go up and I'm still able to borrow, that means a lot less people can borrow, which means less demand. That might mean that prices do stabilize or even come down in certain areas. And in some areas, the pace of growth just slows down. But that means that could be my entry point into this market. And this coming off the back of month after month, we had pauses, confidence rising, now you'll start seeing that confidence dent again. And that doesn't mean that we're gonna have a full-blown crash. It could mean an opportunity for you to get in. Now, I'm not smart enough to tell you what to do on a YouTube channel, especially because I have no idea who you are and what your financial position is. But what I'm doing here is I'm buying real estate. And I'm not just buying any real estate, I'm buying in specific areas, quieter areas, while most people are trying to buy in areas that we had already positioned our clients and for myself like 12, 18, 24 months ago. People like to buy when it's green. What I like to do is buy when it's red because you buy low, sell high. That's pretty much the whole idea when it comes to trading or buying property. 
Now that's just in Australia, and I don't really spend a lot of time looking at what's happening overseas, but this article did catch my eye, which is Europe's great housing crisis is only getting started. So the idea that we have this problem is just Australian based is not really a thing. When interest rates go up and you have construction issues with not enough properties being approved and within the council approval process taking longer and longer and longer, you have situations where enough properties just don't get built in the amount of time that you want them to. And there's a short story here in a leafy neighborhood in Dusselford, Milena and Manuel planned to break ground this summer on a new home, a new milestone that was going to get them out of a cramped apartment where they share a bedroom with two children. But during the 16 month wait for a permit, mortgage rates have tripled and their building costs rose by $141,000. The couple crunched the numbers again before facing the fact that their dream of building their own house had collapsed as part of Europe's worst construction crisis in decades. New building permits in Germany have fallen by more than 27% in the first half. Permits in France are down 28% through to July and UK home building is expected to drop by more than 25% this year. Sweden is suffering its worst slump since a crisis in the 1990s with building rates less than a third of what's deemed necessary to keep up with demand. So as you can see, it's not just a problem unique to Australia, but what we can do is learn from mature markets like what's happening in Europe. I'd love to know what your thoughts are. I know there's a lot of people that sit on the extremes of the spectrum where they'll go out and say, okay, property prices either have to go down by 30% or they have to go up by 30%. But what happens if you just got 5% worth of growth every year for the next two to three years and it compounded every year and it could put you in a position where you could take out that equity build your deposit for buying the next one or building your emergency funds while you're doing all of that you have so much more choice by being in the market versus out of the market especially if you're sitting there hoping that this market crashes relying on your emotions relying on a bunch of people out there that do not have enough experience when it comes to this sort of thing and ultimately leaving you in analysis paralysis not actually making the move i hope you guys have enjoyed this video i'd love to know what your thoughts are comment down below what you think property prices will do in 2024. Do you think they're increasing by how much? Do you think they're going down because there's a recession by how much? And let's start a conversation down there. Let's smash that like button, subscribe if you haven't already, and I'll catch you guys in the next one.